This is Cockpits and Cocktails. We use this podcast to share stories and talk about all things aviation and aerospace. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Cheers to you and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Cockpits and Cocktails. I am your host on this episode, Natalie Flygirl Kelly, and I've got uh, a lot of cool things to talk to you about today, the first one being scholarships. So, scholarships. Fly Girl and Sporties have partnered once again for an aviation flight training scholarship in the amount of $5,000. I'm so happy to be able to do this once again. I have been doing it since 2017, I believe, and have given away about, I don't know, $30,000 worth of scholarships um, to, I'm just guessing here, like six people. Um, What makes me so excited about this is you know, Fly Girl is really a one-woman operation, and that's me. I raise the money from the sale of t-shirts and from individual donors to be able to provide these scholarships. I know there are a lot of organizations that are able to provide lots and lots of scholarships every year, year after year. You know, the dollar amounts bigger and bigger and bigger each year, it seems like. But this is my baby, and I will always, I mean, it's my plan, always, always, always be able to offer at least one flight training scholarship every year. That was my goal when I started, and things have not changed for that. I have been able to partner with Sporty's Pilot Shop often, not every time, but often with the scholarships, and they have been a great partner you know, collaborating with me and um, adding some of their funds for me to be able to offer more scholarships um, with more money. So that's always great. Thank you, Sporties, for that. Um, There are other scholarships out there. This particular one I I wanted to put on the podcast because the deadline to apply is March 31st. So if you have not applied, please go to my website. It's flygirlllc.com. Dot com, and you submit your application there on that website. What you will need is an essay, and many people have asked me, what do you want the essay to be about? Well, it's really about your aviation story, your journey, what got you into aviation, what you plan to do with aviation. It doesn't have to cover all of those topics, but I'm trying to get a feel as to what your your love for aviation is, where it came from, where it's you know, where you want it to go. I want to know what your plans are. I want to know how invested you are in aviation. It doesn't need to be a career. It can be a hobby. It can be, you know, maybe you want to be a CFI. Maybe you want to go into the airlines. Maybe you want to be a corporate pilot. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm not um, I don't, you know, some people think they want to use it just for their initial private, and that's fine too. It's for any rating, um, multi-engine add-on, whatever you want to do. Just, um, send that in your essay. And then I'm going to want a copy of your resume, 
and I want a resume because I want to see, well, a resume kind of gives a picture of, you know, how committed someone can be, how someone can stick to one thing. It doesn't mean if you haven't held a job for more than three months that you're going to be disqualified because I understand at certain ages and stages of life, you can't always have like a long-term career. If you're coming out of high school, I don't expect that you have had some kind of long history with, with one company. I do want to know, I'm kind of, it's hard to, to, to describe, but when you read someone's resume, when I look at it, I can kind of get a picture as to how, you know, what kind of worker you are. Are you hardworking? Are you someone that's willing to put in your time doing things that maybe you don't necessarily want to do, but you do it because you know, you need to. Um, also looking at, you know, longevity, what your interests have been in the past. They don't always have to be aviation related. A couple people have asked, do you want an aviation resume? Well, not everyone has an aviation resume. I know when I started, I didn't have any history in aviation. So no, I don't expect that you would have an aviation resume. I just want a resume. I just want to see what you've been doing with your time. Um, it's just one piece of the of the puzzle. Uh, you know, if you want to add a reference letter, that's wonderful. It's not required. I would like to see your medical certificate or I want something in the essay that tells me, you know, what medical certificate you're hoping to obtain, maybe why you don't have it yet, if you're working on it. One of the reasons why we want to see that is because we want to know how far you can go in aviation. You know, maybe you do want a career as an airline pilot. I mean, one of the first things my school had me do was get the get the medical so you know whether or not you're going to qualify and make it to that level. And it's important to know before you invest a lot of time and money into your training if you're going to be able to, to go that far. So that's a reason why we want to see the medical. We'd like to see the logbook. That helps us determine how much time you put into it, how much skin you have in the game, how much you've invested in aviation. Maybe you don't have that much time. And as I said before in your resume, you know, it, it, we take into account all these factors like your age and your where you are in life, what you've been doing. I know not everybody has all the time in the world. If you're a mom and you have a full-time job and maybe you've gone to college part-time, I know it's been hard, but if you've been consistent, then that, that's going to be helpful in trying to get the full picture of, of you and what kind of you know worker, hard worker you are and how dedicated you can be. That, I believe, is everything that, that we want to know and yes, it can be for international students. People have asked that. However, the training does have to be in the United States. And it does have to be at a flight training um, operation. I can't just write a check to a CFI. It needs to go through a school or you know, a legit flight training operation and maybe that's uh, a, just a CFI that has a has a business as a CFI that's doesn't mean you know that you're not going to be qualified we would have to do a little bit of research on that individual 
and you know that's that's a possibility. So we've given um, out scholarships to all different kinds of training facilities. If you have any questions, ask me. As I said, go to flygirlllc.com. The deadline is March 31st. If you have any questions, there is a way to send a message through it's like an instant messaging system and an email contact us form, and I will answer your question and get back to you. If you need more in-depth, you know, a more in-depth conversation, let me know, and um, I can call you and talk to you about it and walk you through it. I get notified as soon as it gets uploaded and have all the information. I will say right now, I have not looked at any of the information. <laughs> um, I kind of usually wait until I get everything and then start weeding through the information. Please make sure you submit everything. And if you can't submit everything, include in your essay why you haven't submitted everything. Because that is one of the first things that I will notice. Well, this is blank and this isn't here. And what what's the story? So I just want an explanation if you're not able to upload everything we've requested. You upload everything right there on the website. FlyGirlLLC.com. Deadline March 31st. The other thing you can do is... I have a document that someone created, a colleague, that has all kinds of information on different scholarships other than the Fly Girl Scholarship. And I can send you that information. If you go to the website and you send me a, a message asking me for that, then I can send it to you. It's a PDF. It's a couple years old, but I, I know the organizations. They're pretty familiar names. I doubt if things have changed that much, so I'm happy to send it to you, and it's at least a good starting point. There are a lot of places that offer scholarships. You just have to dig a little bit. One of the other things I want to say about the essay is bonus, 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 if you know anything about Fly Girl and what the mission is, and if you can include that. And this is just a pointer that I would give to my children as well. If you know the person reading it, try to tailor your essay to that person. That's going to that's gonna mean more to them, and it's going to speak more to them than just some generic essay. Some people are not very good at writing essays and hate writing essays, and some people are great at it. I love writing essays. I've always enjoyed English. and Well, we used to call it English. Now I think they call it, what do they call it? I mean, my kids, something language arts. That's what they call it now at my kids' school, language arts. English, there was always grammar and literature. And literature is where we typically wrote all of our papers and read and everything. I always liked writing papers because it's very subjective, I feel like. You can kind of um, wing it, quote-unquote, a little bit. I mean, you do have to, you can't just be, it's got to be on subject. But, yeah, so... Hopefully you enjoy writing and that part will be easy for you. The next thing I want to talk about as I'm sipping my coffee, so this is cockpits and cocktails, and my cocktail is typically either water or coffee. I don't drink a lot. It's funny because like on Instagram, none of us really drink a lot, Cooper uh, or Stephanie, and we always joke about how we have this cocktails, you know, persona type and we post things about cocktails, and, and it sounds really fun, like I want to be a cocktail drinker, but 
I usually just don't have the time or energy for it. <laughs> Plus, I'm a big calorie counter, so I'm always thinking, okay, how many calories does that have? And would I rather have a glass of wine or some chocolate? And it's usually going to be chocolate. So um, that's uh, kind of a little backstory to all of us. Each time you see a little post on Instagram about drinking, then it's probably not that we're drinking at that moment. Let me just say that. Sipping on coffee right now, it is almost, well, it's a little bit after 3 o'clock, and every day between 2.30 and 3 o'clock, I have a cup of coffee because I start getting a little bit sleepy, and I look forward to my coffee. I'm kind of going between coffee makers right now. My uh, Cuisinart K-Cup thing has gone kaput. And I ordered another one. I've used it. It's okay, but I think I'm going to get an espresso machine. Nespresso. Not espresso. It's Nespresso. They have little pods as well, and I've heard good things about it. Hopefully, that will be perfect for me. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was... Well, I didn't really want to talk about it necessarily, but I just got back from the grocery store. And I'm sipping on my coffee. I want to tell you that I have gone vegan. And I've been eating a vegan diet since January 1. This is totally off subject with aviation. But I came home and was unloading my groceries. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have been eating vegan since the beginning of the year. And it's the, almost the end of February. It's been two months and I can't believe it. I... It's so crazy. This is kind of speaks to how you can kind of do anything that you really want to do. If you really want to focus on it, then you can. I would have never thought that I would be vegan. I never had a desire to be vegan. I've always enjoyed eating, you know, steak and meat and chicken and fish and everything. And I saw this show. I know every time I bring this up, people are like, oh, you saw that show. You saw What the Health. Yes, I saw What the Health on Netflix. My mother sent it to me and I watched it and she and I have both been vegan ever since. And it's hard being vegan. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. Avoiding uh, animal products is really 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 hard. When it's been something I've done my whole life. I mean, you think about cheese, milk. There are so many things that, you know, I'm a really big soup maker, especially in the winter and I'm using you know, broth, beef broth, chicken broth, stuff like that. And now that's all changed. It's been a very interesting, but it's it's shown me how, and this is how I'm going to relate it to aviation, is it seemed so like impossible when I first started out. I thought there's just no way that I can completely get rid of meat. I mean, this is just so overwhelming. And thankfully, you know, I have some really good grocery stores here. I live in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is the headquarters of Kroger. Kroger, wherever you are, I don't know where you are, but Kroger is a big grocery store chain. And thankfully, you know, here in Cincinnati, we do have some really good grocery stores. And I have a lot of options for vegan type, you know, um, substitutes I guess is the word you know like uh, vegan plant-based cheese and things like that 
there's some options that are that are good. I mean, you know, they're not they're not the same. When I, they're not going to be exactly the same as dairy products, but they add something different that I wouldn't have otherwise unless I was using this plant-based substitute. You know, when you're starting out with flight training, then I know for me when I started out, I had uh, kids at home. They were getting older and my life was, you know, wonderful. It was very busy with kids and three boys that are all involved in activities and sports and some were driving at that point or getting close to driving. I think my oldest was driving at that point. And it was just a totally different phase of life. If you have young kids, you're not there yet. You know, you don't know exactly what it's going to be like until you're actually living it. You don't know what you don't know. Figuring out how all of that was going to change, how I was going to become a student again when I had not been a student in 20 years, uh, hadn't been sitting in a classroom for that amount of time, how I was going to, because I was busy, how was I going to be able to add another thing to my life with everything that I already had? And how was all that going to change? And it, it did have to change. I had to eliminate some things and pick and choose what I was going to eliminate to be able to make this work, how I was going to adjust my schedule. People have a hard time with that sometimes because you really can't continue what you're doing now, probably. I'm assuming we're all busy, so I'm assuming you're busy too. And add another, another item to your daily tasks without eliminating something. And that is one of the hardest things because you want to keep doing everything you're doing, pretty much, right? I mean, you wouldn't want to be doing, if you didn't want to do it, you wouldn't be doing it. Somewhat. I mean, there are things we do out of guilt and out of responsibility, especially when we have kids, you know, helping out with a team mom or classroom mom, things that some people really, really love. It's your child and you want to be helpful and you want to get to know people at their school or their coaches or whatever it is. But you have to be okay learning to say no. There is a um, saying that someone once told me, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Whether you know what that is or not. If I'm saying yes to being room mom, and yeah, you think, oh, it's not going to take up that much time. Well, it will take up some amount of time. So during that time, you have to not do other things. You are actually saying no to these other things. Either, you know, whether you know it or not at the time, when you sign up for things like this, you can't do anything else while you're doing the room mom responsibilities. And that may be putting together a party for their classroom, going to a party for their classroom, going to pick up cupcakes, going to do whatever, you know, do some shopping for the teacher for the party, decorating the room. When you're doing that, you really can't do anything else. So when you're saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else, even if it's a small thing. And that was one of the things that I had to cut out all those little things and if it was something I really didn't want to do but I was doing it out of guilt or responsibility those were the first things to go thankfully at that time 
someone had told me in like a PTO meeting or something, uh, I think it was like the president of the PTO said, you know, she was looking for a chair of some position at the schools, probably some type of fundraiser. And she said, as she's standing there waiting for people to volunteer, she said, I don't want you to volunteer if you don't feel called to do this. If this is something you really aren't interested in, it's not for you. There will be someone that really does want to do that. Someone that does feel like that is something that they feel called to do or that they're good at or they have a strong desire to do it and they will be better at it than someone who's just doing it out of guilt or this duty, this responsibility. So that really helped me. And it's true. There are people that are eager to do those kinds of things. That is what they live for. If it's not what I really wanted to do, I needed to just sit there and not say anything, not volunteer, and just say a little prayer that the right person was going to fill that position. And it does usually get filled, whether it's by you you know, or someone else. There will be someone else that will fill that position. They will get by. It's not up to you to make sure everything gets done. It will get done. So that's one of the things that when you're trying to plan how you're going to get that next rating or how you're going to get through this training, how are you going to make it work, try to remind yourself of those two things. When you say yes to something else, you're, you're saying no to something. You say yes, you're saying no to something else. If you want to fit in flight training, you got to like zip your mouth and not volunteer for every little thing because those things add up. Only volunteer for the things that you feel 100% eager to do. You know, every ounce of your body wants to be involved in that. And there's no sense of guilt when you're volunteering for, for something or hosting or whatever it is. And the other thing is don't stress about it when you don't want to do it because there is someone that wants to do it. And that person will be better at it than you are if you're doing it just because you have this sense of responsibility to do it. It's really not, and you're kind of dreading it, and it's not like, oh, I don't really want to do this. I feel like I have to just sit there and keep your hand down. Or, better than that, if you have a hard time not, you know, not volunteering, don't go to those meetings. Just don't put yourself in a position when you feel like you will not be able to say no until you get the hang of it. You, you know, it takes a little practice getting used to saying no. I would avoid... Any situation where they're going to ask for time or money, because you need money for flight training. You know, all these like house parties that people have with like clothes or makeup or candles or whatever, don't go. If you want to hang out with that person, ask them to meet you for coffee sometime. But don't go to an event where they're probably going to ask for money. They're probably going to ask for time. And, and don't feel bad about it. It's just not the right time right now. There will be a time that you will feel good about that and you will want to do that, but that's not going to be your entire life. There's phases in life, and this phase, you're, you need to focus and you want to focus on aviation. That's your big, huge, number one goal. So you've got to eliminate all these other things that can try to eat your time and eat your money. Okay, so the other thing I want to talk about is sun and fun. Sun and Fun is coming up. Um, pulling up my calendar right now. It is March 24th. 
I believe, through April 2nd. I don't know if you guys are planning to go, but I am. I will be speaking this year at Sun and Fun. I'm going to have a couple of sessions. One of them is going to be on Tuesday, March 28th, which happens to be my birthday. And it's a big one. I'm going to be the big 5 on March 28th at Sun and Fun. What a great place to, to have a birthday, right? At 10 a.m., I will be speaking about changing courses in life. And I'm excited. I've never done this particular talk, but I have a lot to say and think that it will be a very good, informative talk. I'm also giving the same talk on the following day, March 29th at 10 a.m. as well. Sun and Fun is, I don't want to say it's my favorite air show, but it does have a special place in my heart. It's not quite as big as Oshkosh. It's held in Lakeland, Florida. What I love about it is that it is kind of this big season opener, air show season opening event. It's manageable because it's not quite as large as Oshkosh. It's warm. I am from Florida originally and I love being in Florida, especially and, you know, it's spring and it's not too hot and humid. Maybe sometimes it, it is pretty hot and humid during sun and fun. And the longer I live further north, the harder it is to adjust sometimes. But I do love, I'm a sun worshiper and I love to feel the sun on my skin and put on shorts and put on sunscreen and, you know, feel the rays of the sun beating down on me. I enjoy that. So that is one reason why I love Sun and Fun. I love it because it's more manageable. I love it because it's uh, the air show season opening event. There is a lot to see there. A lot of people there to talk aviation with. Hopefully you'll be coming and you can come by and introduce yourself. I would love that. We'll probably have, I know, um, my, one of my co-hosts, Cooper, is going to be there for a little bit. And the other co-host, Stephanie, is supposed to be there for a little bit. So hopefully the three of us can get together and talk about, you know, maybe some upcoming episodes, some of the things we've got in the works. One of the more challenging things that we, that we have, because we all live in different parts of the world. Well, not the world, but the United States. It, I mean, I live in, like, Ohio. Stephanie lives over on the East Coast, and Cooper lives on the West Coast. So getting us all together at an event is a bit of a challenge, as you can imagine. Hopefully we'll be able to do that at Sun and Fun. This is where we got to get our, our material, our pictures and everything together, these events like this. So we're going to have to bring like a change of clothes and take as many pictures as possible. That is all I want to say today, and it's kind of a short podcast but I feel like it was kind of important if you can just try to stay focused. And every day, especially when you start out, it's hard. It's hard to change your habits and, you know, volunteering for things. And it's hard to say no, especially if you're the yes person that always likes to be helpful and do things. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But maybe at this time of your life, it's not the best time. If that's what you really want to do is get, you know, this next rating, whatever 
then just tell yourself it's okay. And it is okay. You're not lying to yourself. There will be a time when it will be better for you and you will be better at it when you're not focused on something else. And when you're not able to achieve the things that you want to do, you're really not feeling great about yourself. And if you're not feeling great about yourself, you're not going to be that helpful to other people. You have, um, you, and you certainly don't want any resentment towards someone that that you're that you volunteered for, where you're resenting your time, and it turns out to be this uncomfortable moment with an individual, or so because you have this resentment that you volunteered for this particular thing, or that you bought this item, you went to this house party, and you. You spent too much money, and now you're mad at yourself, and then you're you, that's going to come off, and you're going to be, you know, snapping at someone else. Stay focused on what you want and eliminate all those other temptations until it becomes a habit for you. It will be hard at first. Believe me, it's it's a short period of time. You will get there. You will be there, and you will be able to volunteer and do things and spend your money on other things once you get to your goal. That is all I want to say. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure you share this. Subscribe if you are not subscribed to the podcast. Send me a message if you have any questions about the scholarship. You can always reach myself, Stephanie, or Cooper. Those are my two co-hosts by leaving a comment uh, here where you're listening to this on uh, YouTube. You can hear it. You can leave a message on Instagram at cockpits.and.cocktails. Send a message there. Send a message through flygirllc.com. And one of us will get back to you. Hopefully this is helpful. Thank you very much for tuning in. And cheers to you.